Welcome to Inside InsureTech with Liam Gray, a show to give you an insight into what some of the hottest InsureTechs are doing to revolutionise the insurance industry. Hi everyone, a couple of quick announcements before today's episode. Firstly, we have a brand new website. Get access to all episodes and get in touch at insideinsuretech.co.uk. You'll be able to find links to all of our guest websites and some added extras on there. Secondly, if you're in London, June 12th, make sure you sign up for Aeon's event. What will it take for the insurance industry to catch up with the times? The event will focus on insurtech and innovation within the insurance industry, as well as the role of diverse perspectives in fueling change. The panel will be made up of representatives from Aeon, Munich Re Digital Partners, Aviva and Digital Fineprint. Find out more details at insideinsuretech.co.uk or search it on Eventbrite. In this week's episode, I speak with Alex Hearn from Slipcase. Slipcase is all about providing its thousands of users with the best insurance and reinsurance content in an easily digestible format. However, this isn't how they started out. Today, we will be finding out about how Slipcase went from social network to knowledge hub. Hi Alex and welcome to Inside InsureTech. Thanks Liam, thanks for having me. So, Slipcase, this is a company that's been around quite a while. So compared to some of the other insurtechs I've spoken to, um, your tenure in the industry has been a lot longer and you've changed what your core offering is during that time. What would be good is to really understand when you first came into the industry what you were trying to do and then how that changed as time went on. Absolutely. Um, well I was a broker in the London market uh, originally. I was at Willis for a couple of years after uni. Um, and the original concept was I was sort of running around Lloyd's, um, speaking to underwriters, trying to build my sort of personal profile. Uh, and after about five, six months, I, re- I realised I didn't really have a, a particularly good knowledge about what I was doing on a day-to-day basis. So uh, I looked into it, and there wasn't much uh, that could feed me the information that I wanted. And I, I needed to know about the companies I was dealing with, um, a specific part of the industry, which was international property for me, uh, and then the sort of major headlines um, from across the industry. So. Um, looked into it and I thought actually because the industry is so social uh, and there's so many groups and events and the networks are so tight that a social media platform just for insurance and reinsurance professionals would be uh, the best route around this. Um, so uh, a long story short, we, uh, well, I managed to find a sort of off-the-shelf GoDaddy type website platform where you pay $20 a month and you get a, a, a platform where you can, which you can make bespoke. Um, and made it into an insurance-focused platform, left my job and, and got it off the ground. Um, it grew nicely. We got a decent amount of uh, individual users on there, but those are really the individuals that I knew when I was a broker. Um, and after a bit of time, we realised that the only reason people were coming to Slipcase was for the information that was on there uh, and not for the social elements. So the liking, the sharing, the, the discuss, discussing, um, wasn't really used um, by the users. So we moved away from, from that. That was really our major pivot, was, was um, refocusing on the content as opposed to the social elements. So we, we removed a lot of the social elements, stayed on an off-the-shelf platform. We then grew very nicely, um, got our first couple of organisational clients on board uh, who were using the platform to distribute their sort of latest news and updates. Uh, and based on that growth, we got an investment in 2015 um, got a great investment from a B2B specialist software business um, who built us our first bespoke, fully bespoke website, uh, which was a massive, massive step for us. Um, that went live in January 2016. 
Uh, we grew exponentially month to month last year um, from a user traffic uh, perspective, and we also introduced various other organisational clients. Um, and really, in a nutshell, from a from a um, user perspective, the platform now has just become a really simple place to pick and choose exactly what you want as a specialist inside the industry, whether you're a broker, an underwriter, or a risk manager, um, and get all of the latest content, news, thought leadership from companies, um, publications, and also third-party sources. So it might be a Reuters or a Bloomberg article funneled through to you as a professional. Uh, and on the flip side, from an organizational perspective, you know, more and more content is being produced now by, by companies in, in, the, in the market, around the world, insurers, uh, brokers, and closely related service providers. And once they produce it, they find it very difficult to get it to the right audiences inside the market. Uh, so from a company perspective, we're now looked upon as being a very efficient, targeted distribution platform for uh, news and announcements, but also thought leadership uh, that's been generated more and more. Before I go into, well, you've given us a little bit of detail on what Slipcase does. Before I go into more detail on that, just going back to the pivot, in hindsight, in hindsight, it's it's quite easy to say, yeah, um, the social element wasn't as important as the actual media part, and so we decided to change direction. At the time, how hard was that decision, and how much thought had to go into it? Um, it, was, it was actually a very difficult decision. Um, I think you know when you set up uh, a business, you are you can be so focused and so channeled on what your vision is. It's sometimes difficult to look outside of that and to to listen and understand what people actually want, as opposed to what you think people want. Um, so I think there was a, there was a, a couple of moments where we realised actually. You know, we were going to play the waiting game and, 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 and say well, eventually it will come and people will start doing what we expect them to do. Um, but you know, that didn't happen after six months to a year, um, so we, we refocused. So it was it was difficult, but I think you know the, the 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 our heels were very much kept in the ground. The core functionality of the platform, you know, the fact that the the idea that it's a sort of central base of information across the industry is still there. We just removed the social elements of it. Um, so yeah, it was it was difficult, but it was, I suppose it was something we had to do. We wouldn't be around now if we didn't do it. Um, and I suppose we just had to listen to the user base, really understand what they actually wanted, and also listen to you know, advice from, from individuals uh, that, that really knew what they're talking about, that had a lot more experience than I did in, this, in similar uh, businesses that, that can give us that sort of more informed uh, decision on, on, on strategy. Talking about that user base, who are your main, well, who's your target audience and who are your main users? And on the flip side, you've mentioned some of your suppliers, um, but could you give some more detail on that? Um, so from a user perspective, um, our user base is actually very evenly split between brokers and underwriters or management from inside of those businesses. So I think the latest stats were 42% are from insurers or reinsurance companies, 41% uh, are from brokers or management from inside of brokers, and the remaining are either risk managers on the buy side, buy side or very closely related service providers. Um, so that does not include uh, recruiters. So the platform is closed to recruiters. And the idea there is we can guarantee the quality of the audience to the organizational clients that we bring on board. Um, we've now got 35,000 users around the world. Um, and on a weekly basis, we, we get visitors from 72 countries around the world. So um, it's growing very nicely from a user perspective and on the client uh, perspective, um, you know, organizations including on the insurer reinsurer side, we've got AIG, Hiscox, 
Beasley, MS Amlin, Liberty, um, and we've just actually introduced uh, Travellers and QBE will be going live in the coming months. Uh, and on the broker side, we've now got Aon um, and Willis and Guy Carpenter on board and a number of other brokers looking to join in the, in the coming months. So the, their angle is very much, they're using us to access a very, very targeted uh, audience. And again, from a from user perspective, they're using us really just to get hold of relevant, good content, which can otherwise be very difficult to get hold of across the market. And do you curate that content for them or do they have some sort of way of telling you this is exactly what I want, this is a bespoke sort of report or this, these are bespoke sort of news bites that I want? So what we do is we, we sort of curate uh, content from across the industry on the platform, onto the platform. Uh, but it's built in a way that an individual user can come onto the site, they can download the app or, or log in on the desktop site and they're immediately jigged to uh, follow relevant topics and those are specialty pages, so all the major specialty areas and then generic pages like market moves or financial results or strategy. Um, they pick and choose those that are of interest or relevant to them. They can then follow companies that they deal with or could be dealing with. Uh, and then they can pick and choose from their favorite publications. We host pages for all the major publications across the insurance and reinsurance space uh, around the world. Um, and based on what they follow, uh, I think the average user follows 12 pages on the site. They've built a personalized feed of content. So on a day-to-day -day basis, they can come to one place and it's a constant ticker throughout the day of information, whether it's breaking news from Reuters or an article from Insurance Insider or Artemis, uh, or a bit of thought leadership from EY or Hiscox or Aon, whoever it might be, uh, channeled into one place that you know that is a, a completely relevant place for that individual. And do you find that the vast majority of them visit your website on a daily basis? Um, it really varies, and if you know, if I'm completely honest, you know, the the, the behaviours very much changed over time um, and, it, and, it, and it, it really varies between between users as well um, a lot of our users will come every two days um, or twice a week um, we do have a, a good number of users that will use us throughout the day every day and they just have us as an open tab on, the, on their on their desktop uh, but it really varies you know we're, we're very conscious that you know these are busy professionals across the market they don't have a huge amount of time on their plate and, and that's you know very much focused uh, as, as the concept of slipcases it makes their life easier, especially with the mobile app that we've recently pushed out as well, is that you know, wherever they are, they can just have a quick scroll, quick browse through whatever information that's relevant to them. It's quite interesting that we've got an industry that's trying to move to um, digital and adopt tech a lot more. And I suppose the first step is getting your information in a more tech savvy way and Slipcase provides that. How do you think that this could possibly impact the way that people perceive technology in the insurance industry? Um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to say that we're, we're sort of leading the charge in, in, in making uh, the insurance and reinsurance world tech, tech savvy, but I think you know, our own little bit, our, our, I suppose our part to play is, is we like to feel like we're, we're helping you know, very busy insurance professionals keep informed, keep up to date, very, very easily with, with everything that's relevant to them. Um, you know, that obviously helps them individually and it helps the organizations that, 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 that we are, um, that, that we're hosting pages for. But I think, you know, in general, we're using technology that individuals are very used to in their personal lives. Um, so yes, we're sort of helping that overlap into, into their business lives, which I think is something very important and, and hopefully will happen more and more in the, in the industry going forward. Um, but very much again on the information side, 
not the transactional side. And you know, who knows? Uh, we, we are no experts on, on, on uh, in that area at all. Um, but who knows? You know, I think the, the, the idea of taking technology that you that individuals are very much used to. Um, using in their personal lives and making it a business type focused technology uh, is, is, is certainly something or a way that the industry could, could move going forward. I know you may perceive this as a step back but has the thought ever come to bring the social element back in to add in messengers and stuff like that onto the platform? Um, it's, it's a really interesting point I think uh, at the moment, uh, we wouldn't do that. Um, but having said that, you know there are. It really depends how you define social. I mean, on Slipcase, you follow pages, you can follow companies, you can follow topics. You know, some would define that as a social element, but you know, there's no, there's no, as I say, you know, discussing or commenting or liking. Uh, what we are about to reintroduce onto the mobile app is a sharing capability. Um, so, you know, a lot of our users came back to us and said. Uh, we like the uh, the content that's on here, but we want to share it. We realise we can't do it on Slipcase, but how do we do it easily on another platform? So, it's effectively a link. You know, like if you were browsing through your BBC, uh, a little share button that says, you know, share on your WhatsApp or on your LinkedIn or or, or an email, whatever it might be. Um, which I suppose you could look at as a social element as well. We're adding that back onto the mobile app, but I think I still think the demand, the real demand for an additional social social platform to LinkedIn for industry professionals is not uh, potentially needed or wanted at this stage. Having said that, you know, I know there are other uh, startups in the, in the industry at the moment you know, who are, are focused on the sort of directory base, um, which again overlaps with social media, and there's you know, perhaps definitely an angle for that. But I think the pure social elements, uh, it's probably a bit of time before, before something like that is required. You've mentioned that your customers have provided quite a bit of feedback. It'll be interesting to understand how have you actually managed that feedback loop because it seems as if they've guided a lot of your decisions, rightfully so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that the, the trick was um, you know, making sure that we picked out the right stuff and didn't just change everything that, that was suggested. Um, the main thing that we've, that we've taken uh, from user feedback is adding topics pages, relevant topics pages. So um, I think we've got out of the 46 topics on there at the moment, we've added 10 of those in the last three or four months. Uh, and those are additional specialty lines that we weren't necessarily including before or were included in an individual topic. So I suppose it's specialists coming onto the platform and seeing actually, you know, I'm a super yacht broker. There's no super yacht specific page here that'll be really good. We'll then go and meet with them, uh, understand what sources that they use, understand which companies that they deal with, uh, and that enables us to build a page that's relevant to them that they can use on a day-to-day -day basis. So um, that's been a big part of it. And actually when we moved over onto the bespoke site, uh, we used a huge amount of user feedback and user data that we collected on the older platform to build something that we could, you know, we could tell was a much more useful platform for uh, industry professionals as opposed to again what, what we just presumed uh, was. So it's been it's been fantastic listening to users and also clients on the client side. Um, I suppose it's the balance of you know making sure that we're changing the right stuff and not constantly changing the model, um, but you know keeping our heel embedded in the ground and, and just making sure that we're adapting to, to what users actually really want. Thirty-five thousand users, so at the moment, right? And that's no small number. What is the number you're aiming for, or what's the sort of penetration you're aiming for? Do you eventually want to see this on the desk of every broker and underwriter, and beyond the insurance world, who do you think that this could cater to? Um, well, the thirty-five thousand users is a sort of 
annual figure. You know, that is that's the, the traffic that we get, individual traffic we get on the on an annual basis, and we have you know a lot fewer than that who are using us on a daily or, or weekly basis. But you know, as you say, our, our ultimate ambition is to what well, is for every single insurance or insurance broker. Uh, underwriter or management from inside of those businesses and risk managers very importantly and close stakeholders to the industry to have this on their phone uh, or on their on their tabs on their desktop just as you know a very you know having a very simple understanding about what it actually is which is you know this this just really simple place to get what you want and when you want it there's nothing actually hugely complex about what we're doing here it's just very much a, a platform to, to, to make individuals' lives easier. So I think the ambition is, you know, really focus on the insurance or insurance world. Um, you know, there's potential perhaps of doing duplicates in other industries going forward, but we're not, uh, you know, anywhere near ready for that at the moment. The focus 100% for us at the moment is making sure we keep growing, keep introducing relevant companies, keep adding really great content for our user base, um, and then pushing uh, the site to employees inside of the companies that we're, that we're introducing. Um, that's worked very nicely for us over the last, especially the last sort of 18 months, uh, and that's very much the strategy going forward as well, is keep growing, keep making sure that we're providing the right stuff for, for, for individuals on the site. Finally, we sort of touched on this at the very beginning, um, but moving away from Slipcase and looking at the wider world of InsureTech, you guys have been here before InsureTech was the word how have you seen the, in the industry develop and how far do you think it can possibly go? What do you think the potential is? Um, well, I, again, I would in no way say that I'm an I'm a expert on the, the insurtech uh, movement in the industry. I think you know, there are various societies now and individuals that, that have uh, absolutely taken the lead in, in, in that respect. But um, you know, again, from our perspective, I think the content side is one is, is a small part of it. I suppose the transactional side and the commercial specialty world uh, is the big the big one. And uh, you know, as, as everyone knows, most startups in the insurance world, most insurtech startups, are not focused on the on the B two B commercial specialty side, but on the personal lines retail side. So um, I, I think from a very very basic level, the most important thing in the B two B part of the industry is the face to face element of it. And uh, that's what everyone wants to hold on to. And I don't think that's going anywhere. Um, I, I think there's a lot of technology around that that can be introduced to make that face-to-face -face process uh, more efficient. Um, you know, at the most simple level, having an iPad when you're walking around Lloyd's um, and just digitalizing slips in Lloyd's you know, would be, I think, an, an amazing step. Um, but yeah, I think it will definitely take time. It's a specialist industry. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of you know, high specialist accounts, highly specialised accounts and, uh, and complex accounts uh, which, which technology can't just come in and disrupt. Um, but I think you know, that the processes around those transactions uh, can definitely be um, made, you know, made more te technically advanced, technologically advanced than uh, and I think that's probably the next, the next phase in the B2B part of the market. Very last question. If um, any of the listeners want to use Slipcase or get in touch, um, how can they? Uh, we absolutely welcome your listeners to, to sign up and, and use Slipcase. It's completely free to use for uh, industry professionals. Um, either you can download the app on uh, Google Play or on the App Store, um, and or you can go onto the desktop site and, and register free of charge. So we vet every sign up, but as long as you use your company email address, um, we know who you are and we'll, and we'll obviously put you straight on, but that's again only to, to make sure that our 
uh, organizational clients are reaching the right people. So yeah, we very much welcome you on there. And if you want to get in touch, please do. Uh, our contact details are on the website. We'd love to hear your thoughts, any feedback that you might have. Uh, we always very much want to hear. Fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure, Alex. Liam, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Slipcase highlights the importance of making sure that there's a good feedback loop between your company and its customers, but more importantly, being bold enough to make significant changes when they're required. Although the vast majority of us consume content digitally, I think it's fair to say that finding and aggregating that information is a drawn-out process. Can Slipcase be that one-stop shop for insurance and reinsurance insights? For future episodes of Inside InsureTech, subscribe via iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit the website insideinsuretech.co.uk to get in touch and find all past episodes along with links to all of our previous guests.